You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. I, I have been preparing all week, um, and it has been such an interesting week for me. Uh, it's felt like a lot of opposition, uh, which I don't love to talk about opposition, but it's just been one of those things that there's been enough opposition this week that's made me think like, wow, I wonder what God's going to do today. I wonder what's going to come out today, because... It has been really an interesting time getting ready for this sermon, but I feel like it's just a really important um, topic, and the topic is uh, running your race. Um, You know, Hebrews 12 talks about the race that's set before us, Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I really want to hopefully make this simple for us, um, because I think that we're in a little bit of a time where we have a lot of people doing lots of thinking, lots of, lots of deep thinking. We've got a lot of deep thinkers in the world, and, um, and that's really great to think and be pondering and exploring. I think for a long time in Christianity, we didn't have a lot of um, permission to think for ourselves. Um, you know, it was really just like the person that was talking or the person in charge could think and no one else could. And so then we got a bunch of permission to think for ourselves, and then we kind of got really off on that topic of thinking for ourselves. Um, so I'm not, I'm not advocating for you not to think for yourself, but um, I also wanna make this really simple. Like, I think we've overcomplicated the gospel a lot. And um, unfortunately, I feel like that has become a weight around our necks that, that brings us not closer to Jesus, but away from Jesus. It's become a stumbling block um, that in times of in times of complication, in times of turmoil, in times of confusion, instead of the the gospel being such an easy, clear picture of what to do, we get really, it gets so complicated with religion, because that's what it is, right? The answer is Jesus, but we make it really complicated with religion and rules and what ifs and, and judgments, and this race becomes messy, and it's hard to know which way to go, and I feel like there's a lot of people right now that are just getting weary and giving up. And so I want to talk a little bit about what our role is in Christianity, what our role is in fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters and friends. Um, and so I, I, hopefully I won't make that really complicated today. I don't want to. Um, and hopefully I'll be encouraging because this, is, this, is, this message is just as much for me as it is for you. Um, so please don't hear me like, I love people really well and everyone else sucks because that's not what I'm saying. Um, But the world, I feel like, has made Jesus really complicated. And I just want to simplify a little bit what it looks like to run our race. And when I say our race, there's a lot of uh, responsibility that, that comes back on us, our race. But what I feel like right now is we, if I don't know about for you, but for me, when I get on Facebook, or Instagram, or even hang out with people, it's a lot about, I feel like there's a lot of other people saying how other people need to run their race. Why aren't you running your race like this? Why aren't you doing this? The people, you know, if you get on Facebook, it's like, Christians should do this, or you should do this, or why aren't you doing this? And it's a lot of like, back and forth of everybody has an opinion, right? And not everybody's opinion is going to be how you need to run your race. I might need to run my race different than Bill needs to run his race or Stephanie needs to run her race or Scott needs to run his race. Now, I'm not saying we change the gospel. 
because that stays the same. We don't change what God says about what the race looks like. But God might be asking something different of me than he's asking of you. Does that make sense? And so, unfortunately, though, we have a lot of people judging how other people are running their race instead of running their own race. <laughs> you want to know how I know how people aren't running their own race? How many things did you see about Will Smith's slap this week on the news? How many people are talking? How many people, even the news, on social media, how many debates? Well, I didn't think he should do it. I think it's okay that he did it. Blah, 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 to the point where I'm like, I don't care don't care. Are you running your race? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Because this is seven days in now and you're still talking about this. Why? Makes me think that you're not running your race. And maybe that's me being judgmental. <laughs> there you go. And then I have to go, go back to running your race. Stop thinking about what other people are doing. Right? Okay. So, I feel like God is really calling us to learn not only how to run our, our race, but how to love people well and what that looks like. Um, because I think we've gotten to this, this part where we feel like loving people well is telling people what to do. That's not loving people well. Like how many of you know that if you are drowning in the middle of the ocean, somebody coming by in a boat going, just keep swimming. And, and as they keep going by, you're like, that's not helpful. Or oh, just receive, just receive faith. If you had faith, you wouldn't be struggling. But this is what we do as Christians to people that are struggling. This is what we do to people that are hurting. This is what we do to people who are, you know, maybe facing difficulty in their race. We don't understand like how to just stop and go, hey, I noticed you're drowning right now. How, how can I help you? Do you want to talk about it? How can I be praying for you? What, what would it look like for me to add strength to your life? Not assuming, not thinking I, I already know. Um, it, I had this week somebody tell me, um, um, tell me the, the motive of a thing that happened several years ago of something I did through their viewpoint. And I was like, and it was wrong. And I was like, are you telling me what I did? Or, or you, why don't you ask me how that situation went down instead of telling me? And I think oftentimes we do that to people and, and we wonder why, why is this not working relationally? <laughs> why, is this, why does this feel weird? Why does it feel like this person is upset? Well, the person's upset because you're not asking them, hey, what happened? What was going on in your heart? What was going on in your life? How did that affect you? Um, tell me your side. Tell me Tell me what that looks like instead of just going, oh, I'm assuming that this is what you meant by that or this is what you did by that or this is why you did that. And, and you know what I mean? So assumption is not love. Listening and hearing and seeking understanding is. And it's so much, uh, it's so much more Jesus when we can do that, right? Okay, so have I lost you? Have I offended everyone in the room already? Okay, I'm not. It's not I'm not trying to offend anyone. I'm just trying to recenter us to be able to be effective because I feel like so, so much more than ever, we have to be effective in our love for people. Um, you know, back in 2020, right before um, the whole COVID thing uh, 
it felt like a bomb went off in the spirit. Like I, I'm a feeler. And um, so how many feelers do, do I have in the room? So you guys know what I mean? Um, it felt like literally like it was so loud in the spirit that um, I just, I, I couldn't get a grasp on what in the heck is happening right now. Um, I can't, I can't hear, I can't, I can't um, grasp what is happening, but I, I could feel the Lord just saying, you know, that, and I spoke this actually um, to Resurgent Church um, at that time via Zoom, um, the word about Elijah and going and, going and finding that God was in the still small voice. And so I knew that, you know, that he would be in that secret place and that he would be faithful to the ones that could, to, that could connect with just that still small voice of the Lord and be faithful just to, just to go deep in, in him. But um, I also knew that we had more than ever to be intentional with each other because, you know, when, when a loud thing goes off, when something chaos goes off, um, that's when we have to hold on to one another. That's when we, have to, when we have to connect with one another because that's when people are gonna start to, to shake. That's when people are gonna start to leave. That's when people are gonna start to question. And we have to be the goodness to each other, right? And we have seen how many people, we call it deconstruction or whatever, have left the faith right now. Um, and I just felt like really convicted from the Lord this week, like how many of those people that left could have been saved from leaving had they had people around them to say, hey, I see you, I'm here for you, I believe in you, I'm praying for you, I believe in the call of God on your life, it's okay that you're questioning, God's, God's with you. And so I want to encourage us to be those type of people um, because we're still in this season. It sees, this season hasn't shifted yet. It's still loud, it's still chaotic. There's still, the work of the enemy is still loud in the spirit realm and we need to be these hands and feet um, of Jesus to each other and not go, oh, I knew Johnny was struggling. I, I could tell, I could tell all these years that he wasn't a believer in his heart. Like I knew it, <laughs> could see it, you know, just a confirmation, confirmation. So um, we're gonna talk a little bit about this day. I know this is a heavy subject, but it, it doesn't need to be, but it's just a good aligning. So um, let's see, Ephesians, I'm gonna read a lot of scripture today. God bless you for listening. So we're gonna turn to Ephesians 2.11. Two, one. sorry, my bad. Okay. Where's your Bible, Chris? It's on his phone. It's on his phone. It's all right. It's all right. Jesus paid for that shame on the cross. It's okay. He paid for that shame. There is no shame, no condemnation. Christ Jesus. <laughs> All right, here we are. So I just want to just highlight this passage because this is where we all started, right? Uh, Ephesians 2, 2, 1, made alive in Christ is the name of the, ch the, the chapter. 
And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you were formerly walked according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air and of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were nature or and were by nature children of wrath even as the rest but god being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us even when we were dead in our transgressions made us alive together with christ and by grace you have been saved men you've been saved by grace okay and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show with the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, and not as a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. All right. So, we all started in some place. Some place you guys started with Jesus. And it all looked different for all of us. You know, um, maybe it was when you were a child. Maybe it was when you were an adult. Maybe, you know, your story with Jesus looked different than my story, um, but we were all, we all had a beginning point with him, you know, um, and we, we didn't, we didn't earn our salvation. We didn't start at from a place of earning anything. We were saved from grace, yeah? And so um, I say that because I think it's a good reminder um, of where we began, where we began. Like for me, I started, uh, I, I was saved as a child, but my beginning place to the Lord came from him calling me at a place of uh, feeling super unworthy. Like I, I didn't feel worthy. And I remember crying out to the Lord out of that place of real brokenness. And he said, when I was crying, literally crying, and um, I hadn't prayed in a long time. And I remember crying out to the Lord, just saying, God, my eyes hurt. My eyes hurt. Like. I am broken. And he said, Lacey, my eyes hurt. I'm looking at your life and I want better for you. And my eyes hurt. And it wasn't like a, you're a terrible person. It wasn't a, I'm ashamed of you. What have you done with your life? It was like, daughter, I have so much better for you. It was this invitation. And I feel like that is, that is everywhere. Every, I could go through this body and I feel like every single one of us it starts with an invitation of some sorts, of hope, of maybe there's better, maybe there is love for me, maybe there is worth for me, maybe I am it, I, I don't have to be hopeless, maybe I don't have to be trash, maybe I don't have to be thrown away, maybe, maybe the Father does love me. And we start from that place. And um, so I just want you to remember the place where you started with Jesus, because it's such an important place to know like, that is where our story began. That that is where God called us. He called us from a place of, we hadn't done anything for him. So that we couldn't boast, that we couldn't, we couldn't say it was me. That I somehow earned this. Because I think we have to remind ourselves that because I hear a lot now 
from Christians, like, oh, you know, just receive that. Or just, just don't be that way. Oh, you're depressed? Just don't be depressed. Oh, you're sick? Just don't be sick. Oh, you have problems? Just don't do, you know. And we, we forget, we, we think somehow we earn, we earn stuff. And we're not our savior. Yes, there are principles that we walk out through Christianity, but we are not our savior. We come to him and Jesus is the savior so that we can't hold worth over other people like they're less than us. You know what I mean? And we do that with boundaries like, oh, that person has problems. I don't have time for them. They're just broken. Guess what? You were broken. (laughs) Jesus stopped for you. He stopped for you. He said you were worthy. Guess what? You're supposed to do that to other people. (laughs) This is not an exclusive club. We should be the most inclusive. Christianity should be the most inclusive club. We should be bringing people, lost strays. I mean, this should be the, the biggest hodgepodge of society. There should be all kinds of demographics, people, nationality. This should be a cornucopia of people of all different paths in this place because that is Jesus. That is who Jesus is. Um, Anthony Skinner has a, an old song. I'm going to play it at the end, but and it, it just I remember when I first got saved, it had, he had come out and I had met Anthony and he came to Bethel and he played for us. And one of the lines in it says, I was ashamed you called me beautiful. I was a thief you said I stole your heart. And it just, it's just so beautiful to me that in our shame and in our most unworthiness that Jesus says, I pick you, I see the worth in you. And then somehow along the, as the years go by, we, we feel like we have to earn it. And I'm not saying we don't have a walk. We have a marathon walk. We're gonna talk about our walk. We have a race of an endurance. But it's never to earn our love. It's from a place of love. Does that make sense? Um, so run your race. I'm going to, I'm going to read that. Um, I'm going to read the passion translation of it because it's, because it's good. Okay. So Hebrews 12, one, and this is, this is going to be a minute. You guys gear it up. All right. As for us, we have all these great witnesses who encircle the clouds us like the clouds, so that we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Okay, you wanna talk about running your race? There's part of your race. Letting go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that we so easily fall into. We could spend a lot of time right there on our own dang selves. (laughs) We got plenty to do in that sentence alone. (laughs) We have a lot right there. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path that has already been marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm and we focus our attention and expectation onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this, 
Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who oppose their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave under life's pressures. <laughs> and I, this, this other one always cracks me up. So you, you know how it feels when you're like, okay, God, I'm just trying not to cave under life's pressures, right? Here's, here's the standard. Here's when you're like, I want to quit. Life is hard. People suck. This, is, this isn't worth it. Here's the, here's the standard that they give you, all right? You ready for it? After all, the Bible, it's like a slap of truth. It's so like, oh, after all. You have not yet reached the point of sweating blood in your opposition to sin. Okay? And have you forgotten his encouraging words spoken to you and his children? Are you ready for his encouraging words? He said, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God. Or get depressed when he has to correct you. Oh, this is just getting better and better. <laughs> For the Lord's training of your life is evidence of his faithful love. And when he draws you to himself, it proves you are his delightful child. We know nothing. That's what I get from these passages. Everything in our flesh is so backwards to the gospel of Jesus Christ that we want to resist the things that actually bring life in us, that God actually says, the things that you feel, you know, you gotta understand, I've discipled people for 20 years. You, when I pull someone aside and say, hey, like, especially people in the school, because when you sign up for my school, like, you're literally saying, I wanna be discipled. You're saying, disciple me. But then when you get pulled into the office to be discipled, why are you confronting me? Why do you feel like you can speak into my life? Like, oh, no, 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 no. You, you asked for this. You're paying good money for this. This is, this is what you asked for. <laughs> but we get so insulted by being discipled. We get so insulted when we're not perfect. I do too. I get super offended. Like I have this internal thing, like I need to be perfect. None of us are perfect. We all have areas to grow. And just changing the mindset of like when God actually invites us to the table to be discipled. When he says, hey, like this behavior right here is keeping you from being effective in who I've called you to be. This mindset right here, like it's actually causing you to, to fail. And it's, it's less than what, what you, it's less than who you are. It's not even who you are. Like, you're here, but you're, you're settling for down here because it's of a mindset. You know, what does God say? To renew our minds, right? Um, we get so offended, don't we? We're like, God, well, how dare you? How dare you disciple me? How dare you say something is wrong with me? But it's actually proof that he loves us. So backwards. So backwards in our minds. So change your mindset, change the way you view discipline, change the way you view, dis view discipleship and know that the standard is like, is Jesus. Jesus loves you enough to pay for you to be completely equipped to do everything he's, he, he did.
Um, and I just think it's hilarious that that's his, have you sweat blood? No? All right, you're fine. <laughs> but did you die? No? Nah. All right, Jesus, yes, I know. You did more than I did. I broke, a, I broke a blood vessel having uh, Oren, because I had to push, my oldest son pushed three hours with that kid. He would not, trying to evict that child was hard. He would not come out. So I have a little fraction. Anybody, I'm sure all the other moms were like, yeah, I did that. I, broke, I know they broke blood vessels in their face and everything, but never sweat blood. Never sweat blood at, in a prayer session like Jesus did at the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah, I never sweat blood, never been that stressed, never been that intensive uh, intercession, knowing what I was about to do. So he's got one on me there, um, for sure. So I say that to encourage you to know your race. There's a whole lot of invitation of personal, um, personal stewardship, personal ownership. I've lost my phone. What did I do with it? I was just going to check the time. You just keep me up, updated on the time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. I'll ask Chris. It might be in my Bible somewhere. I don't know. It's fine. I just need to know the time. Um, thank you. I got time. Okay, so moving on. So, so running your race has a ton of personal ownership and personal responsibility. Like we, if you want to focus on something... Focus on yourself. Focus on growing yourself. Focus on running your race. Focus on being discipled. Focus on um, believing who God says you are and changing your mindset about um, discouragement and about the way you think about your calling and what's available to you and all of those things. And you know, we we could we could spend a lot of time on on all of that. And then the next thing I want to highlight is what I really feel is important is the unity of spirit because I feel like this is something that God has really made clear through scripture that he has such a heart for unity, that we, we have a call to run our race and to you know, obviously worship Jesus and believe all that he paid for because he obviously paid a massive sacrifice so that we could be like him and we could have access to the Father and be filled with the Holy Spirit and have everything that he had, right? So that we could be like Christ, little Christs on the earth um, and, you know, bring in the new test, the new covenant um, and be in unity in the spirit. Um, that unity in the spirit has been one of those things in this world since Jesus left, probably before Jesus left too. Um, I don't know that it's ever... We haven't gotten there yet. We haven't, right? Have, can, you, can we look around? Can we agree? Can we agree that we disagree? <laughs> can we agree that we have enough denominations that clearly we disagree? <laughs> We're not unified. It's a lot of, you know, this is my camp. This is your camp. This is this and this and this. And there's lots of separation. And, um, and while there's lots of separation, I still feel like we can ag agree to disagree. Like, I feel like we can get to that point um, even more that we can honor each other in love and we can honor who, who and celebrate who God has made each one of us. Um, e even, the, even people that aren't believers. Um, and so I want to talk about unity in the spirit. Um, Ephesians 4, I'm gonna read Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. 
um, if you guys want to jump in there. It says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with a humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to persevere the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Therefore, there is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and one Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. <laughs> it's all in all. Okay, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, when it says he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression, he ascended, what does it mean except that he also had descended into the lower parts of the earth he who descended is himself also, he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. Why don't you guys say that? Fill all things. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the service to the building up of the body of Christ until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by the waves and carried about every kind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by the craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in the aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by whatever joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Okay, so I just wanna just camp out here for a second. Jesus ascended and descended. Um, what does that mean for the body? Like he's talking about unity in spirit. I really feel like Jesus is enough for people going through the, this walk. Um, and what I wanna say about this is, we have to be able to ascend with people on their highest days, and we have to be able to descend with people on their lowest days. We haven't, I haven't been, I, I haven't been seeing that as much. I don't feel like we know how to go low with people in their darkness, in their pain, in their disappointment, in their, um, you know, in their loss. Um, and, and I know that that's, you know, that's a hard thing to do, but Jesus did it, didn't he? Jesus, he filled all things. And so I, I just feel like as this earth goes darker and darker, which it is, there's hard times that we're going through right now. Um, we have to be able to, well, we have to be able to walk with people to really be able to love people well. And, um, and take care of ourselves and walk our race, run our race. You know, obviously there's boundaries in there. Obviously you can't just like, you know, John G. Lake's wife, um, his first wife died because she was feeding people, literally feeding people, right? Died of starvation. So there's a balance. The Bible is all about tensions. Everything is a tension. So while I'm saying this, I'm, I'm also aware that we have to have wisdom and we have to have, ten, you know, we have to live in the middle of the tension. So I'm not saying go and spend yourself 
and never think of yourself and not have any healthy boundaries and not, you know, don't sleep and don't eat. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm also saying, like, while you're taking care of yourself, while you're running your race, while you're making sure you're healthy, while you're getting your identity from God, while you're standing firm in your faith, while you're making sure you're chasing your destiny and all of those good things, and you're full, you're also able to be there for the people in your life. You're able to go to the neighbor who's hurting, who's a widow, who's lost their, their spouse and say, hey, here's a meal. Hey, how can I be there for you? Hey, how can I be a light for you? How can I be strength to you? You know what I mean? That we can encourage each other. Um, because some of the things that I've been hearing, not from this church, you know, but some people you know, that have been through this church, um, it's just, it's, it's interesting doctrine to me of like, of just extremes of like, you know, hey, you know, if, if, you, if you, you get COVID because you accept, you accept it. Really? Wow. How does, that, how does that bring us closer to Jesus? Is Jesus, is, is or, or you get sickness because you accept it, or you, you know, or the tragedy happens because of this or that or something you allowed. And I'm like, okay, but I'm not my savior. You're not your savior. I'm serving Jesus. I can't, I can't get distracted on, on these things because they don't bring life. I can only follow Jesus and trust Jesus. And you know what? If something bad happens to me, Jesus is gonna be there in the middle of it. And hopefully, I'll have the body around me to encourage me and not be like Job's friends that were like, oh, what'd you do wrong? What'd you do? You must be forsaken. You know what I mean? Like, that's not helpful. It's not helpful, and it's actually not Jesus. I don't see Jesus going, you did this to yourself. What did he do? He brought healing. He brought freedom. He was the answer. So I want to just get us realigned, because I think there's a lot of people out there going, let's answer these questions that we can't find those answers here. You know, like if we can't find the answers here, then we shouldn't be coming up with the answers outside of here. And it just doesn't bring the fruit of coming under in alignment with Jesus. And it doesn't make people feel loved. It makes people feel like they have to navel gaze. Like, what did I do wrong? Does that make sense? So how can we love people? So if people, if he ascended, he descended. So be with people on their good day and be with people on their worst day. If you're only there on somebody's good day and you can't be with them on their worst day because they're negative and that's a bummer for you and you only, you know, you have to manage your, your, you know, your, your energy and you can't, do, you can't do negativity, then you're not a very good friend. You're a, a fair weather friend. And you, you know, I invite you to, to go deeper into the ability to tap into love Jesus. Um, because I have sat with people who have really been traumatized by people in the church, by pastors, by, I mean, like we have sat with people and heard their stories. And I've walked away, tore up from that, but also so grateful to be able to be Jesus to those people in those times. Like that, there is a blessing to be able to be Jesus to people that are hurting. That is why Jesus says, Go to the orphan, go to the widow, go, go to the poor, go to the meek in spirit. I am there. 
Why? Because Jesus cares about them. And he cares about you when you're hurting. And if we can't understand how to invite him into those spaces, we're like cutting our strength off. But we need to be that for each other as well. And that's what unity looks like. Um, it's so much more than, you know, change your mindset. We have, you know, we have people that are, are committing suicide in our environments all the time. And it's so sad. Like we just had somebody at a place that I used to live. He was a prominent person in, this, in, in um, society. And I was reading some of the comments. And so it was just like, you know, oh, if he was so great, why did he commit suicide? Da, 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 da. And I'm like, it's just, it's, it, people don't know how to be there for people. People don't know how to love people well. And it doesn't create a place of safety to open up when you're struggling. And this, I, I want us to be a house where we can say, I'm struggling. I want us to be a house. And that's gonna be so different for the South even. Like, cause it's like, ooh, we don't know how to say we're struggling here. <laughs> but people don't know how to say they're struggling anywhere. It's just hard. It's hard to say you're struggling. So let's just, let this be a place where you can come and be like, I'm struggling. And instead of, oh my gosh, I don't wanna be around you. It's, I'm gonna cover you. I'm gonna prophesy over you. I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna encourage you. I'm gonna pray for you. Um, and this is the other thing I wanna highlight here. The body, we are to grow, but speaking the truth in love, we're to grow in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. So we're talking about Christ from who the whole body, that's you guys, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part, causes for the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Um, this is how I view that. Stand up, Scott. Stand up, you guys. So this is, oh, there's my phone. Um, I knew it was around there. This is what this looks like. The, it's talking about the body of Christ. It looks like this, the joints holding each other together so that no one escapes, no one gets lost. No one, no one falls through the cracks. You know what I mean? That's what that looks like. It looks like we all have a responsibility. You guys can sit down. Oh, I love that. We all have a responsibility to, to be the glue for each other to look out for each other. Um, so pursue your race, pursue unity, grow the body. And this is how, if you, know, if you do feel like concerned for others, if you feel, I mean, I know I feel concerned for people sometimes where I'm like, man, I just don't know what to say. And I know that's a lot of times where we're just like, I just don't know what to say, you know? Um, Paul has a great, he has a great prayer, and this is, this is a great example of how you can pray. And I had a slide I want, um, Scott, if you don't mind putting this up. Um, this is a picture of a war vet, somebody before war and after war, five years. Um, and I just want you to look at the difference of five years of war, what war will do to somebody And I really want you to take that in because, you know, there, there's people right now in their walk who are going through hell. And it's not gonna help that person to tell them, don't be depressed. It's not gonna tell, help that person to say, just believe, just receive, 
it might help that person to say, hey, how can I encourage you? I believe that God has a plan for you still. I believe that, I mean, obviously this person's probably dead, but I'm just saying, using it as an example, <laughs> this is a world war. <laughs> but we see people like this all the time. There's people like this in this room. And when we come to a gathering that we don't throw words that make people feel worse instead of feeling better, that we're not insensitive to their, to their race that they're on, that we would be fuel for people, that they'd come here and they would have hope because we, we have eyes to see that, the hope that God has for them. And we don't just throw, you know, cliches up there. So this is a, this is a prayer. If, you, if you're looking to how to pray, here's an, here's an Ephesians 3 prayer. And um, from a father of the faith, and um, it's just so dang good. And this is such a good example of how to pray for others. So Ephesians 3, 16, or 14, I'll start there. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and all the earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled all the way to the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond what we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory of the church in Christ to the generations forever, amen. That God's glory would strengthen your spirit, man, with his spirit, that you would have faith, that you would be rooted in love, that you would comprehend the love of Christ, that you would be filled past full. Start praying those prayers over people. That's, you know, instead of, well, that Mary, she's just not, she's just not doing what she's supposed to be doing. She's just, you know, I told her she needs to come to church, but she's just not coming to church. She's living in the sin, going to bars, going to the clubs. Pray those prayers over people. That the, the spirit man inside of the person that you're concerned about would be filled with the purpose, with the knowledge, with the knowledge of Christ that can't even be comprehended. Okay. I'll take that. That sounds awesome. Are you guys still with me? Is this too crazy? Oh. Romans 2. Therefore, you have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment, for in which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. And we know that judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O oh man, that when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you think the lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance 
and patience and knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. We are judging ourselves when we're judging other people. We're judging ourselves. And so in that moment, when, you're, when you find yourself not focused on your race, going, okay, God, I'm going to realign. I'm going to realign. I'm going to do the hard work of salvation. I'm going to focus on, hey, God, how can I have the mindset of Christ over my own life today? How can I be an encouragement? How can I make the extra mile to make sure that people in my life know they're loved? How can I take the extra step to make sure the people in my life um, understand that I'm for them? You know, how can I work out those things in my life where those conversations maybe didn't, maybe I have some, you know, conversations that didn't go good. I'm going to go back and fix those conversations. You know, we have enough work in our own selves. I got enough work in my own self. Tell you what, I got lots of work right here. (laughs) So I just invite you. I invite you to pick up that marathon race shoes because you can expect that you're going to need endurance it's not going to be a short sprint like I always enjoyed uh, running short sprints that was my growing up in in uh, junior high school I did racing and um, we I only signed up for like the 50 yard dash like that was my thing like one and done you know like let's just get it done other people are out there doing like long, what did you did the long distance, Scott? Like cross country, thank you. I didn't like the word. <laughs> this is nasty, nasty. Why would somebody wanna do that? Somebody have to be chasing me with a gun for me to be running long distance. And probably at some point I would stop, pick up a rock and throw it. Like I would be thinking the whole way, like how can I, how can I defeat this person? How can I? Like the whole time, that would be my, until I got out of breath and just fainted. Like, <laughs> But this is a marathon run, so you can expect that this isn't going to be an easy run. You're going to have times where it's like, this is hard. Um, you can expect God to discipline you because he loves you, because he's calling you near, because he believes in you, because he has a call of God, and you know, there's a call in your life. Um, but I just want to encourage you to be an example of peace with men. Let your life preach a good word. Let it be an invitation for the Lord. Um, you know, in every relationship, be swift to choose peace over competition and run swiftly towards holiness for those, uh, who are not holy will see the Lord through your life. And that's our goal, isn't it? That God would shine life, shine light through our lives because we love him and we love others well. Can we pray? Hope that I didn't offend all of you too much. But if I did, you can walk that out with the Lord because that's your race. It's your race. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for every single person here, Lord. God, I thank you that You want to use every single person, Lord, to shine light to the people in their families, to people in their workplaces, their homes, Lord, the coffee shop, Lord, wherever they go. And God, I just pray that you would increase our capacity, God, that, Lord, we we would see people. We would see people that are hurting, Lord. We would see people that need encouragement, 
that, that need answers and that we would have those answers because Lord, you ascended high and you ascended low. Lord, you filled everything, everywhere in between, Lord, you filled it. That means you have the answers, that you have what it takes, Lord, and that we can tap into, it's not even on our own strength, that we can tap into your strength, Lord, that we can afford it. I love that Bill has this thing, he got it from somebody else. I don't even know who he got it from, but when somebody does something that, that somebody cuts him off or somebody cuts in front of him or somebody does an injustice to him, he just, he lets them do it because he can afford it. Why? Because he's, his source is in heaven and our source is in heaven. And so I pray that we'd have that mentality that we would be gracious to people, that we would be unoffendable, that we would be able to sit, that we'd be able to listen, that we would have the ability to know how to ask questions. Holy Spirit, you are a great question asker, Lord. Help us be good question askers. Lord, all the things that we don't feel equipped in, help us be equipped. Help us hear, help us have eyes to see and ears to hear those around us, Lord, that we would be the connecting point, Lord. We would be the joints of the church that we'd keep people here, that we'd keep people from falling away. Because I don't want to get to heaven and, and, and see that I could have kept people on their race by just encouraging them, by just listening, by just noticing them. That would break my heart, Lord. So I just pray that we would be able to, to to just do this well. Jesus' name, Lord. Um, amen. Awesome. Well, I don't want you to leave without getting prayer. If any of you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for encouragement, um, if you have any needs at all, we have a prayer team. Um, you're welcome to sit in your seat as well and just have some time with the Lord if you need some time with the Lord. Um, if not, have a great day. Hope, hope you guys can join us next week for graduation. Thank you for the clap. Appreciate that. We love you. We're going to play a little Anthony Skinner song and have the worship, the prayer team come up.